Welcome back to 10 Minute Investing Canada, where we try and increase those returns in less time than your morning commute. I'm your host, Austin Benz. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you here. Glad to be doing another one, another episode with everyone. Um, we are going to dive into the topic here in just a second here. We're going to be looking at some solar companies. And this was a request from from a listener here. I got an email at someone. They wanted to take a look at uh, Solar Alliance Energy. That's S-O-L-R uh, dot V. Um, and then I'm also going to contrast with Canadian Solar here. It's a bit of a larger player. It trades on the NASDAQ as opposed to uh, Solar Alliance. It tra- trades on the Venture. So we're going to take a look at both of those. Um, one point I just wanted to mention quick, or sorry, I guess two points. Uh, one, it got brought to my attention by someone else that emailed me. I had uh, my Reddit username as my Twitter username. So if anyone had tried looking me up on Twitter, um, I apologize for that. I, I had the wrong name in there, so it was tough to find. It's actually just 10 investing at Twitter. Um, and I will say to people, I don't have very many Twitter followers. Um, we're up over 300 listeners an episode here. and I only have about 20 Twitter followers, but I do tweet out my personal buys and sells. Uh, obviously a little bit more timely on Twitter. I can't be making a podcast two or three times a day if I do buy or sell something. Not that I do a trade every day, but if there's something I'm looking at or something I like, you know, I can just tweet it out quicker and I'll say what I'm thinking. Whereas I can't just make a podcast, you know, if I do do two trades a day, let's just use for example, I can't just make two podcasts. So if you are interested in what I'm buying and selling and just what I'm looking at on a, on a daily basis, you can go ahead and check out my Twitter because I do, I do post there. And that just leads me to my second point here. Uh, we are up over 300, well over 300 listeners an episode. Now, I just want to give a quick shout out and just say thank you to everyone that listens. This is something I I started to do just more out of hobby and and uh, having fun because I do. I love the markets. I love looking at stocks. And, you know, really quickly, we've gotten up over 300 users. I'm always asking for emails and things. And a lot of people have emailed me and, and sent me things they want me to look at. So I just I just want to let everyone know how grateful I am for that. Um, this, this has been more than more than I expected. Like I said, it was more just a hobby to keep me keep me entertained and keep me honest about actually doing good due diligence and looking into the markets. But um, quite a few people have, have messaged me and are listening regularly. So I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that's, that's listening um, on a regular basis and sending me emails. It's really greatly appreciated. And I just, I just want everyone to know that uh, I don't take that for granted. So I appreciate the support. And uh, we, <clears throat> we will get into the episode. As I said, this is a user request. I mentioned it before about the solar and this actually does play into a podcast I'm going to do later this week in the uh, in beginner investor series you notice I did the last one it was just a caution to beginner investors I, I've been dealing with some people emailing me and asking some some uh, more basic questions about getting started so that's that's an idea I have decided I'm going to go ahead with and I'm going to start to do a beginner investor series and just some things like that and and what the next topic I'm going to do this week in that series plays to this and it's penny stocks versus larger market cap stocks. Um, I think there is a bit of a misconception that people that are smaller investors, they lean lean towards penny stocks because they seem like they're cheaper, right? It's only 30 cents. It's not like it can go down. It's 30 cents from zero, but that's not really the case. You always want to be looking at percentage points. Um, You know, if a penny stock goes from 30 cents to to 10 cents, you lose two thirds of your investment. Whereas, you know, the big companies like Apple and things like that don't tend to move. Anyway, I'll get into all that in the next one, but I just I thought I'd mention that quick because because it is something that plays into this one. Um, so I'm looking at Solar Alliance Energy and I'm looking at Canadian Solar. I'm going to start with uh, Solar Alliance. That's the venture stock one. It's S-O-L-R dot V. Now, my, my initial hesitation with this, <clears throat> if you take a look since the election, 
it's gone up 20. It was at, at the peak up 23 times from what it was before. So, I mean, yeah, if you held it at three cents and you wrote it up to 69 cents, I think was the peak. That's, that's a heck of a ride. Um, we're still sitting at 61 as the close for the weekend. Today's February 20th. So it is a Saturday close for the weekend, but we're still sitting 20, 20 times what that was. Right. So I think that's something you got to consider. Like, let's take a look at the event. Yes. Biden is in the white house, you know, and, and everyone kind of has the, the thought or maybe not a thought, maybe it is a fact. The Democrats lean more green heavy. You know, that that is the sentiment that the Democrats are going to get more things done on green energy. They're, they're more interested in climate change and things like that. And that's what led to this run. You know, I, I'm not discounting that. I think that that's true. And actually, that's why I was happy to, to pick this topic of the multiple that I've been emailed about, because um, I do think that there's there's a future in renewable energies and green energies. But you got to watch when something goes up 23 times, you know, how much juice is left in this squeeze, you know, can it go up 60 times, 80 times, 100 times? These are, that's a bold move, right? Like you just, these are things you got to think about. So I'm not saying this company has nowhere to go. I, I've done some due diligence here just in preparation for this podcast. By no means am I an expert on this. I haven't been watching this for weeks and months and really analyzing it. So, you know, if you disagree with me, feel free to shoot me an email. We can we can go over this again because, you know, I've, I've just done some preliminary looking and some due diligence into this. But you got to just be a little bit a little bit worried, you know, when something goes up that that much, how much left is there? And and we have started to roll over a bit, like I said, from 69 cents to 61 cents. So we're starting to see a pullback. Does that continue? Um, you just never know, right? When three cents was your base, even if it's triples and it stays at nine cents, you know, if you're buying it now, it's 61. That's a long road down. You're losing a lot of your money on the way down. So I would issue some caution there. Now, some pros for the company, they did just close a financing deal. It looks like the financing deal was at 40 cents a share. So you do have some institutional investors that are buying in at 40 cents a share. They, they'll do the due diligence, right? They're, they're not going to buy in something that's completely, complete crap, I guess. There's obviously something there that they'd be willing to spend 40 cents, but institutions lose all the time too, right? They don't just win. People have the misconception, I think, that all hedge funds and all institutional investors are always making money and always winning. They can have bad bad picks too, um, especially when you're looking at like a more venture capitalist thing, right? This was a $5.7 million financing. It wasn't that much money. That doesn't need to be, you know, that's that's a small sliver of a portfolio of some venture capitalist or some institution that wants to invest here. So it, it's not like it's something that gives you, you know, guaranteed confidence that this is going to go up. Otherwise, they wouldn't be investing in it. They do that all the time. That's a strategy of some of these bigger firms. You pick a hundred of these small companies, a few of them go up 20, 30, 40 times, and a few go bankrupt and you make money on the broad. So I wouldn't uh, use that as a complete buy signal, but they do have institutional interest. So I'll give them that. Now, the one thing that worries me is the downtrending revenue. Like just taking a look here, 5.9 million four years ago and 4.6 million and 2 million. Now we're at 2.2 million. So yeah, it's starting to go up again, but we're nowhere near that 5.9 million high. So why is, why is the revenue continuing to go down? I think we could explore that a little more and just take a look at that before we dive in to take a position on a stock like this. Um, they did have some positive news here in November. They they had a new project here. It's supposed to be giving them about half a megawatt. And I'm not sure how they count this. Like Just by what I've looked into, it has to be a day. It has to be half a megawatt a day. I guess it's the fifth expansion of a plan of eight. So the total would be four megawatts a day. And then they say they service 150,000 homes. Now, this is where it gets a little sticky for me. And this is where I'm saying straight up, you know, 
I'm new to looking at these solar companies. If you if you've got more information and, and I'm not doing this right, and you want to send me an email, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to do this podcast again after and have and have a clarification of of what I got wrong. I'm more than happy to hold myself accountable to that. But just from some some googling on simple power numbers, it looks like the average home in America uses 800. And I sorry, I was using America because uh, Solar Alliance Energy, all their operations are in America. They're on the Canadian venture, but they operate in America. So the average U.S. household uses 877 kilowatts of power a month, so 28.5 kilowatts a day, right? And this this was talking about a 500 kilowatt expansion, so it has to be a day. It just wouldn't make sense otherwise. But anyway, 28.5 kilowatts a day. Well, if you're expanding on your fifth edition of a 500 kilowatt a day system, that's not 150,000 homes. 150,000 homes at those numbers is 4.2 million kilowatts a day. So we're, we're not close. We're not there. you know. And then also to look at that, the average US household pays $118 a month in power. Well, if you're to cover 150,000 homes, that's $17.7 million a month in revenue. So clearly they're servicing these homes. They're not providing all of the power needs, right? It's to subsidize some natural gas power, which I think is fairly common in the industry. Very few houses are using purely... Um, purely solar power, but it's a bit of an in, uh, in disingenuous statement. Sorry, got uh, my tongue tied there. It's a bit disingenuous to say they service 150,000 homes and, and just kind of leave it at that because it's not like they kind of make it sound like they, they're they providing all the power to these homes, and that's just not the case. It's just the numbers don't add up. And now, again, if there's something I'm overlooking here and you want to shoot me an email, we'll look into that. We can absolutely do that, but that's my. Those are my hesitations for that. It's gone up twenty three times, twenty times as we sit now. Um, the revenue's been declining. It's just there's some there's some issues there. Now, I do like Canadian solar. I think it would have been great to get in right around November when Biden was getting in because it has been on a run. But in comparison, Canadian solar has doubled in price. So yeah, it's doubled. There's something you got to watch there, but it hasn't gone up twenty to twenty three times. Um, and here's some other factors, I guess, in favor of Canadian solar. They're, they're right now sitting at 15 price to earnings. They got 3.44, uh, earnings per share and they're at about one to one revenue, revenue per price. So also to touch on that, the, uh, solar Alliance, a smaller one, they're at 125 times price to revenue. So that's, that's a lot. You're paying a lot for that stock. So in, in comparison, even after this move, Canadian solar is one-to-one revenue to price. Now they've had some issues in the operating side of the business. So polysilicon is the main material you'll need to make solar panels. That has gone up 60 to 80% roughly, somewhere in there. Um, depends what you're using. There's two different kinds. Um, but 60 to 80% has gone up. That's your main input to, to what you're making. Glass has gone up 65%. And the freight shipping with China um, there lots of their operations are in China. I think most, um, has gone up 35%. So you're seeing a huge increase in these operating expenses. Um, and typically there's a lag on that, right? You, you, what you're going to see, um, the way that these companies account for is, uh, is the, it's a first in first out system. So the ones they'll be selling now will be on those cheaper, um, cheaper cost bases before these influx of prices. Now, right around now is when you're going to see these bad earnings. So they haven't reported the, uh, 2020 financials yet, the Q4 2020 financials that would complete the full 2020 annual financials they haven't reported that yet you're likely going to see a real bad real bad set of financials just because of these operating costs going up a ton 
Um, like I said, it's been a few months, but just with the first in first out system, it's, it's just the way you account for things. Um, as you sell something, you sell it based on the cost that you paid. So you're always lagging behind because it would have been a few months that they made these solar panels by the time they sell them. So they're still on the lower cost basis. By the time you see these higher cost basis panels get sold, um, it's going to be right about now because this was happening in mid middle to late 2020. So likely these earnings Q4 2020 to complete the 2020 earnings, they're not going to be very good. So that's something to watch, but that also could be a buying point. And here's the thing. We're in such a hot market right now. All these things are exploding, especially things like green energy, electric vehicles. Anyone that's watching these sectors, they're exploding. The market might just swallow up these bad earnings and just keep moving forward. So you might not even see a hit. But that's one of the reasons I like them. Because once we see a normalization of these margins, this is going to be a really profitable company. Like I said, they're already sitting at 3.44 earnings per share. They have earnings. Not only you know is their revenue to their price fairly even, they're actually earning money at this point, and they're going to continue um, continue to earn money in the future. It looks like as as we move over to more of these solar panels and more renewable energy. And when you look at these big government contracts, typically they do tend to side with these bigger companies that have more of a capacity to help them out. So um, I think maybe more on a personal side, when you're looking at expanding through homes then yeah, maybe Solar Alliance can keep expanding. But if you are looking at the Biden administration and, and governmental um, incentives, I think you're going to see more of an upside in these big players. And these big players haven't moved near as much as these smaller ones. So I think just risk to reward ratio. Um, personally, I'd look at something like Canadian Solar. Another thing I like about them, they have a really conservative management. I saw a stat when I was doing some due diligence here. Um they report earnings to the upside of guidance 79% of the time. So what that means is their management will give you a rough target for what they think they're going to do. And it almost always outpaces that 79% of the time. So when you have a conservative management, they're not looking to pump the stock price. You know, they're just operating and they're giving real realistic conservative estimates for what they're going to do. And most of the time they beat them. So that's something I like out of my management. You know, I don't like these uh, CEOs or management teams that kind of have that pump and dump mentality where they're just dumping these big stats and promising you the world and they're always missing targets. You know, these guys are real conservative. They give good targets. Um, they have a little bit more of a trust factor to me when they're doing things like that. So that's why I would lean there. Just the financials look better. I like the management. And I just, I'm a little bit more confident as far as... Uh, as far as the size goes and a company that's already established and already earning money. And once you have this normalization of their, their profit margins from these high, high expenses currently, I think, I think they're going to, uh, they're going to do good in the long run if you're talking the next few years. So personally, that's where I'm looking. I'm looking Canadian solar. I'm sorry to burn your hopes up here on the uh, viewer that did ask me about solar Alliance Cause that was the one they're more interested in. Um, hey, if there's something I'm overlooking, like I said, I, I'm definitely willing to hold myself accountable and I can do another follow-up on the solar industry and renewable, uh, renewable energy sector and we can cover anything that I missed because I will admit, you know, this is new to me and all this due diligence was kind of just coming out, me me taking a look at things and, and uh, starting from scratch here in the last week or so when I did start looking at these. So uh, more than willing to correct myself. Uh, as always, like I said, keep sending me emails. I love them. I'm really grateful to all the all the listeners and everyone that is sending me things out. Um, I fixed my Twitter handle. If you want to follow me, I will put out more um, more tweets about what I'm buying and things like that. Some guys that have been following me have been pretty happy because usually if I do uh, tweet a buy pick, I'm, I'm pretty confident at the time. I've picked a few close to bottom calls in the last little bit. 
Um, I, I'm going to be wrong here eventually too. So I'm sure as soon as I say that, the next couple are going to be bad. So maybe it'll give me a couple of weeks to get shake those ones out here just because that seems to be the way things go as soon as you say you've picked some winners. But no, give me a shout on uh, Reddit. Give me a shout on Twitter. Send me more emails, what you want to hear. Again, really grateful for the followership here. And um, and yeah, I plan to keep doing this. I plan to keep uh, doing a company analysis and the beginner investor series. So hopefully to do one of each a week, a beginner investor podcast and a company analysis or sector analysis. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at doing. But yeah, keep, uh, keep sending them in. I really appreciate everything. Um, I appreciate the love. I've gotten some good reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts and just people emailing me and saying they like the show. So um, yeah, like I said, very grateful for all that. Um, I'm having fun doing this. I love getting uh, recommendations from people. So keep keep all that coming in. But that uh, that's it for now. Hopefully that felt um, felt like it answered some of your questions and the people that were looking at the renewable energy sector. And if there's anything you feel I didn't cover or anything you're wondering about, send it in. But uh, that's all for now. Thanks again, everyone.